Hello and welcome to this episode of Demystified as we explore home cooking in a modern world. Hello, I'm Linda and I'm here with my friend Paul. Hey Paul. We're back. It's been a long time, hasn't it? Well, we're sort of back. We're, we're not semi-legally back, I suppose. Well, we are back. We're back. For now. Yeah. And in Melbourne, here, we are nearly out of our world's longest lockdown. Woo! Congratulations. Gold standard. Gold Go standard. us. Go us. <laughs> We're so good. Oh, dear. And just a casual 2,000 cases today or something. Yeah, we won't talk about that. Yeah. It's all a bit depressing, but um, how have you been? Good. Oh, I mean, I'm happy to be back. It's much nicer to be back. Got some new toys. Well, there's been get a few deliveries done. here, yeah, yes. Get some cooking done, get some more stuff done for cooking with steam. So, yeah, now we've sort of, yeah, I suppose got over the major hurdle of this, whatever this thing is, and we've got some distance sorted and all that sort of stuff. We can, yes, I can come back in and start doing some things. So, that's um, good. Do you want to talk about the deliveries you had? No. Okay, then. Not just yet. Alrighty. I mean, some smart cookware, a new version of the coffee steamer, and some other bits and pieces. So. Some of that smart cookware, it's an interesting progression, I think, in general, in terms of how we use our other devices to help us with cooking. And that's something that you and I have talked about off air a lot mm. about these sort of, um, you know, the screens, you know, like our. Our uh, oven has two old-fashioned dials, and yeah. I like it like that. But I do know that the modern world is moving towards, you know, more integration and uh, being able to use your phone or your iPhone um, or um, iPad, yeah. tablet to integrate, which I find an interesting concept. Well, I mean, it's in general where everything's going. The only thing, I think there's a fine balance. I think the only thing you need to be aware of is that I, I don't want to get caught up in a situation where you take away the tactile nature of cooking and, and the fact that you use all your senses. So you relying on a machine to tell me mm. when my eggs are done or when my chicken is right to turn over or whatever it is. Like maybe it's the traditionalist in me that I'm not anti-technology, but... I think it's going to be done with a certain amount of refinement, you know, because like we were playing with the oven I got before and the first thing you asked me when you saw the recipes was, you know, well, that kind of looks annoying. Does that get sent to your phone? And for the time being, no, it probably doesn't. In the future, yes, it will. But then we played around just for five minutes before with the smart cookware and all the information was on your phone. But it, that didn't seem the convenient no, sort of use. Yeah. So it's very hard to, if you look at those two examples, and they're just two pieces of cookware essentially, one's built into the, the oven that you're working on, and you've got all the information there, and you can swipe and scroll and do whatever you want, and one's built into your phone. But they're both, to a degree, yes, both convenient, but also both inconvenient. Because it was a six or seven touch process to get some eggs fried in yeah. the smart cookware. Mm, exactly. Yeah, like, yeah. 
So for people that are starting out for cooking, you know, first time at home or whatever, like it, who knows, it, it's, it probably suits some people, but I, th I don't think it'll make people better cooks. That's my issue with it. Because the stuff on that oven is a built-in recipe that's been tried and tested, so it's like a cookbook, right? Mm -hmm. But you still need to follow certain method and technique to get to that. So it's not walking you through that, it's giving you ingredients, it's giving you a method to follow and you follow it step by step. Whereas the smart cookware stuff that we're looking at is, it, it's showing you every single small nuanced step, crack your eggs into a separate bowl, pour them in right now, press next. It was, like, it was quite tricky and it was six steps just to get the eggs cooking, the eggs into the pan. Yeah. And correct. by then I'd given up looking at it. Yeah, you were bored. Yeah. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's a funny one. It's uh, it is it, but it is you're right. It's on all the devices we're looking at and the software that we're looking at. It is something that. But you see, when I look at when I look at having the ability to turn my air conditioner on before I get home on a hot day, love it. Totally. And that that's an appliance in the house. Yeah, you know? Absolutely. Like being able, I think it's applicable to things like laundry and dishwashing and, and stuff like that. Like you can have your dishwasher go on when you're not at home. Yeah, exactly. Particularly with solar your, power, yeah, you can set your washing machine your up. Solar power and see when you're at you know capacity and yeah, take best use of it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and same with your fridge when it's in. You know, when you know you're sleeping overnight, you can set it to a low energy mode or whatever. Like, I think. But for cooking, it's a it's a difficult one, like especially that sort of really guided, curated experience. I just don't want to get into a situation where a machine is doing all the thinking, because I don't think you learn technique. Like that doesn't teach me how to cook a good egg. There's certain things that you need to know to know how to cook a good egg. And I think if you're just doing it following what's on a screen, you're not learning anything. Maybe you're not, I don't know. Anyway. Well, it's interesting because so many of my friends have taken advantage of the home delivery of pre-cooked meals that you then assemble. Yeah. Not just, you know, like the food boxes. These are pre-cooked meals that you assemble in a particular way and, you know, there you have uh, quite a, you know, a theme, a country theme or a you know, vegetarian yeah, thing, right, whatever. Or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so many of my friends have taken to that and it's taken them out of their comfort zone and I, and I just think it's maybe they're you know, missing going out to a restaurant and they're looking for that different taste palette. But um, it's interesting and they love those sort of instructions of, you know, and some of the, some of the companies provide a YouTube link yeah. so that you can follow it on YouTube. Others provide recipe cards and they're quite different and it's interesting... Yeah, that, and one part of that conversation is around looking for different flavours and foods and techniques and mm. all the rest of that. And so you, you never cook Moroccan. It's just an example off the top of my head. Um, so it's probably like that fits the bill to give someone a totally different take on what their dinner might usually be. Mm. You know, just like lamb chops and three veg. Um, so that's I think that co that covers one part of it. But the other the other question that I raise is is it cooked? Because that to me, like and I did the same thing. I told you that 
ever that I had it with a Provador. Mm, yeah. It's got really nice all box, but it's not cooling. It's reheating. Yeah. 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 So they're reheating instructions where if you look at something like, I mean, there's a million of them around the world, but HelloFresh or whatever, like you start with raw ingredient and you actually have to cook. Yeah. Now, does it teach you the whys of what you're doing? Not so much, but you are still starting with raw ingredients and cooking. And unless you actually sit there and think about what it is that you're doing, are you actually learning anything? I don't know. Like it's There's a lot of different parts to it, but yeah, it's probably not going to hold me in good stead if I... But I still think good fundamental understanding of technique will go a long way to making you a better cook. But I've said that before. One of, um, and one of the um, watchers of, uh, readers of Cooking with Steam, Dave, sent an email asking, which I thought was a good question, we've had this a few times, Dave was asking, in our portions, are they for one, two, three or four people? And I didn't see Dave's email. Sorry, Dave. Well, I think he came in came in last night. Oh, okay. And uh, so I thought this would be a good time to talk about it, and then I know what to say when I write back to Dave. <laughs> yes. But uh, but Dave, you know, wrote out, reached out, and I thought that's a good question to ask because sometimes it is hard to when you're looking at a recipe to work out, hmm, is that going to feed, you know, how many of us, and how many do I need to scale it up? So I might use a cake as an example here, because it's a, probably a good one to figure out volume, because that's what we're talking about here. Um, so if you take a, a you read recipes right for a cake and it says 20, meter, 20 centimeter spring form tin, as an example, and you've got 180 grams of butter and 80 grams of sugar and more eggs and 150 grams of flour and this much cocoa powder and this much chocolate and all these ingredients, right? If you actually wanted to, and if you didn't have a 20 centimetre cake tin, you had a 25 or 28 centimetre cake tin, would you sit there and go, I can't bake that because I don't have the right tin? Or, alternatively, what you could do is if you actually add up all of those ingredients together, to equal a volume, so in grams, so let's say it equaled 587 grams, right? All of those mm-hmm. ingredients say equal 587 grams. If you wanted to, what you could do is measure out 587 grams of water, pour it into your cake tin, see where it comes to, and it'll give you an idea of what sort of volume that you're going to end up with in your cake tin. So if you've got a 28 centimetre cake tin, you're going to have a flatter cake, but will it still work in your cake tin? Yeah, more likely than not. It'll probably cook a little bit quicker because there's more surface area. But if you're ever wondering about volume, the best thing to do is add up all the ingredients. Even if you just do a rough calculation, like 180, okay, it's about 200. And you just do a rough calculation, go, okay, I'm going to end up with 600, 800, 740 grams of mass here. What does that 740 grams of mass look like in the cooking dish that I'm going to be using? Will it fit? Doesn't work. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. But from a yield perspective, I'm pretty sure all the recipes that we do now have got a yield on them. Yeah. 
Dave might have been looking at one of the early, some yeah. of the earlier ones, but yeah. and it's very hard to do because you, the funny thing was when I was a private chef, I, um, one of my clients never wanted his food plated up, so he always wanted it on like a, a buffet type. Help yourself. So we would judge. Okay, there's four guests coming. There's six guests coming, and we would generally put out more portions because he didn't want to be dictated to how many portions he could or couldn't have. Okay. Right. Mm. So yield is hard, especially for things like a braise or a casserole or something like that. A leg of lamb, like how many, like, or even a, let's say a rack of pork is probably a better example. And I only say that because of Dougie. A favourite, yes, roast pork favourite. An eight point roast pork rack Generally, you would say one point per person, but I know if you and Doug came over for dinner, I would allow two points for Doug at least because he loves it so much. So it depends on what meal you're using, what time of the day it is, all these sorts of things. Yeah. But for our recipes, yield is generally anywhere between two and four, and sometimes if you look at sticky that rings are probably a good one. That's an extreme one where you're getting up to 10, 12, 14. But, of course, your recipes can be shrunk. Not with my friends. Yeah, that's I know. Six. <laughs> that's a, yeah, well, that, but that's a big pudding. They love people. it, yes. But, yeah, so yield is a hard one to judge because what's the perfect portion? Well, I tend to look at your recipe when I'm if I'm going back through some of the cooking with steam recipes for inspiration and... I tend to look at how many, if the, like the cassoulet, um, not that I've made it yet, but it's on my list. But it's been you know, it's been a couple of years now. to make it. I know. Yeah. Uh, well, it's just there's a lot of food it's in there. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of food, and there's just Doug and I. Yeah. And until we can open up our homes and have people again. Yeah, but you see that that's a really good point, right? So okay. that recipe, if you look at the core ingredients of that recipe, which is speck or bacon, whatever you want to call it. Duck leg, Toulouse sausage, and beans, right? And a few other bits and pieces. If you allowed one duck leg each and a little bit of Toulouse sausage, there's no reason why you couldn't make that, even though the recipe might say yeah. it's for four. You can always shrink a recipe and you can always have leftovers. Yeah, and you can always increase a recipe. But yeah. the question when you do that is what impact does it have on cooking time? Because as soon as you add volume, you change cooking time. Okay. So we have Think about the cake, it. right? Mm. So yes. the cake recipe is for a 20 yeah. centimetre tin. 20 centimetre tin surface area is much less than mm. a 28 centimetre. 28 centimetre is going to get a lot more heat onto the surface a lot quicker. It's going to be not as deep as far as the mixture goes. 20 centimetre is going to be much deeper and take a little while longer to cook through and probably stay a little bit more moist. So volume impacts on cook time but it doesn't impact on how the, what the recipe should do the recipe is that what the recipe is so two four six eight whatever take the main ingredient and go okay it's a 160 gram portion of salmon or 140 gram portion of salmon somewhere in there that's good for one person mm. 100 gram 120 to 150 grams of red meat is generally enough yeah well, that's what i look at yeah and so for me the cassoulet because i did say when you made it you know, Dougie and I did eat that, and Dougie did have a fairly healthy portion. 
uh, of it. Mm. But it is something that I think is also quite spectacular for putting on the centre table and yeah. letting people sort of, you know, take their pick, as you said. But, uh, but like, so, you know, the, the yields of the recipes, are, that's why they're loose. You know, if you look at those sort of complete, more family dish type situations, like beef carbonara, as an example, you know, I think that comfortably feeds six people. But if I have my mates over, it's probably only going to feed four of us. Yeah. Depends who you're feeding. You know what I mean? Like, you know, how, how many roast potatoes is enough? No, that has never been solved because there's never enough. Yeah, so There's saying... always a need for more roast potatoes. But I made the carbonara, the beef carbonara one night when we were having a few friends over for one of our birthdays. And I had other dishes as well. And so that fed about 20 because we all had a little bit, which was lovely. But so if you then, served but the had carbonara, other things. yeah, but if you served your carbonara with mash or polenta or something yeah. heavy and filling as well, you yeah. don't need as much. You need 80, 90 grams versus 120, 130. You haven't really eaten with my friends, have you? <laughs> yeah, I know. But like, well, and generally, like, like the, the, the volumes that I do it, cooking the steam are generally too big anyway mm. like for what I would do in let's say if I was working in a restaurant but oh, look yeah. yeah it's hard it depends who you're feeding how many people you're feeding if you're trying to stretch it as well you know look what's a roast a 1.4 kilo roast chicken is that enough for four no it could yeah it could be if they're, if they're young and there's other things with it. Yeah, there but, you go. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think we really answered Dave's question. No, because um, it's almost impossible. Okay. Well, Dave, I'll try putting it in an email to you later. Just listen to the podcast, though. <laughs> she just sent you a long-winded email. It doesn't make any sense and has no solution at the end. That's right. That's like <laughs> most of my emails, Paul. Well, why would Dave's be any different? Poor Dave. And what have you been cooking at home lately? Um... What have I been cooking? I did a nice, actually, speaking of roast chicken, I did a nice roast chicken last night. Because um, we've been over the little fellow, we've done some baking, some muffins. Uh, nothing particularly exciting. Octopus. Okay. Um, I've been trying to get different fish and stuff because we're so close to the market. So uh, a few different fish. We've done a lot of whole fish and just that's now our family meal. We've changed our, you know, family routine now, so we all sit down at grandma time when it's still daylight and eat, which is not my favourite thing, but anyway. Um, but a lot of whole fish, a lot of fish on the barbecue. Done. Oh, nice. Um, but always something different, because, you know, my little fella is, likes flathead and would eat flathead every day of the week if he could, but, you know, he likes to see the skeleton of the fish and while you cook it with its head on. He likes the ins and outs and all the, you know, more its eyes like that. It's interesting to him, so. Great. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, certainly a lot of whole fish. A lot of secondary cuts, but now we're getting out of the cooler months. <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> uh, less braises and things like that. So. Yeah. We're coming up into our, into our summer. Yeah. Soon, so it will be completely different again. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll be able to share the table. 
I was going to say, is that a Corona cough? No, not quite. No. Um, so yeah, that's about it really. But we'll um, get back into cooking the steam action this week. Get some videos done. If anyone wants to know anything, or looking for some inspiration. And moving along with book two. Yeah, we've been talking about that for a while. We're going to yeah, stop talking we... about it. No, no, it's moving along. It's just slow. Yeah. But we are moving along with book two. Yeah. And which will be coming out soon, we hope. We've just got to keep chugging away at it. Everything slows down in COVID time. Yeah, it just makes it much more difficult. <clears throat> Everything it? takes longer. It's just harder to reach people. It's harder to get things done. Yeah. But uh, but we're coming out of it and the world seems to be working out how to live with it, which is great. Most of the world anyway. Yep. Well, it is good to see you and, and you. Um, happy cooking. And we will be in touch. And uh, to all of our listeners... Stay well, stay safe. Stay safe. And stay sane. Get happy vaccinated. cooking. Get vaccinated. <laughs> yes. And uh, happy cooking, guys. Bye. Happy Thanks for listening to this podcast as we explore home cooking in the modern world. We'd love you to subscribe. And for more information, please go to our website, cookingwithsteam.com.